The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast is a production of Journeys Revealed Ministries. Glorify the Lord by your life. To learn more about this Catholic nonprofit apostolate, visit the website journeysrevealed.com. And now on with this month's show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The World is Noisy, God Whispers, the podcast. I am your host, Julia Monin, almost forgot my name, author of the book, The World is Noisy, God Whispers. Um, today, as you guys who are following closely, you know, if you listen to last month's episode, I have a special guest with me in the office today, um, joining me for this month's second, kind of like part two of what we began last month, um, all this, this series on forgiveness. So I am so excited and thrilled to have with me Alex Wallace in the office today. Welcome, Alex, and thank you for your Absolutely. yes. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. Yeah, it's such a gift. I have been um, nerding out about this since <laughs> since we first, since the Lord brought our paths together and, and we talked about doing this. So yeah. such a sweet spot for me to talk, um, not only the lives of our souls and our spiritual lives, but also, you know, the lives of our minds and our, our, our just our psyches. So, yeah. so thank you for being here. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your family. Sure, absolutely. So um, I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor with, with Ruah Woods Psychological Services. Um, so the main campus for Ruah Woods is established in Cincinnati, but recently we partnered with the Transfiguration Center for Spiritual Renewal, renewal uh, in West Milton, Ohio, mm-hmm. which is kind of just a little bit northwest of Dayton, north of 70, um, west of Tip City. Um, to just to give you a feel for the land. It's a retreat center. It's a beautiful space. And I always try to encourage people when they learn about us to just come out and visit the land. Um, so I'm a husband. Um, I'm a father of three. I'm passionately Catholic. And I love to, in our mission as uh, Ruwood Psychological Services, our practice, what we do as Catholic providers is we strive to um, integrate and utilize the best of psychological sciences while integrating uh, the truths uh, about our Catholic faith to help men and women uh, live out the vocation to love and become Mm -hmm. deeply authentic to who we were from creation. Uh, Ruah, the word itself, so many people are like, where is that word? I've never seen Mm -hmm. that before. It's actually a Hebrew word for breath. So we see this in Genesis when God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and Adam became fully alive. Um, from there, we also, you know, we understand what our history of fallen nature is. And yet that deep breath, that deep creation, that deep identification with the Lord is still deep and true and in all of us. And so as providers, we look to help people become more acquainted with that original pre-fallen version of ourselves. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know the, uh, genesis of that word either did you like that that was kind of a pun i saw that that's good <laughs> i stuff. got really excited before the words even came out of my mouth that's it was funny things clicking okay yeah. so that's awesome all right okay well if you i'm just going to kind of turn turn this over to you let you kind of um share with us again to kind of build on what we talked about last time last time i was really just setting the stage we talked about what you know forgiveness is it's um yeah, you know, it's it's not negotiable. Sure. It's not a negotiable part of our of our spiritual uh, spiritual lives. And I'm hoping maybe today you can just help us 
like with with the psychological and emotional component of this, like practical ways of working through this process of forgiveness. But I'll let you open us in prayer and do your thing. Yeah, absolutely. So last week, I'm going to kind of turn our listeners in this conversation a little bit to that last week uh, or last month's um, podcast where you talked about from the gospel, according to Matthew, you gave an opportunity for listeners to understand how big and how important this is. And so I wanted to uh, dive back into that um, scripture to kind of help to set the stage for where we're going to be going today in this conversation. Great. So reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Then Peter approaching asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. So this was Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Mm. And last month you went through and kind of talked about the rest of it. And the, and it's such a beautiful story. And I invite everyone that's listening to go back and hear you unpack that in such a beautiful way last month. But at the end of this, Jesus is very bold when he says, my heavenly father, so will he do to you unless each of you forgives his brother from his heart, mm -hmm. right? So we're establishing this understanding, this precedence that like to be true Christians and followers of Jesus, to be salt and light to the world, we must forgive from our hearts. We must forgive our brother to allow them to live out their journey and not to feel held back. But when I hear this this gospel, I hear it calling us to forgive, but I also see another element of what's playing out. So let's backtrack for just a second. I would like to start or at least take a moment to dissect the differences between forgive and forget. Mm. Um, in therapy, so often when I'm working with people who are bound to anger or frustration or pain from someone who has wronged them, which is so common to all of us, we have to take time to understand the difference between forgive and forget. Forgive is to, like you said, if we hold a resentment, we drink in the poison that we want maybe somebody else to experience. And we as Christians shouldn't wish somebody else to drink right. poison, right? So to forgive means to allow us to rid ourselves of that thing that's damaging our soul, damaging our mind, damaging our spirit. To forget means to rid something completely from your mind, to where it goes into an absence of your mind. It's altogether gone. God's not calling us to forget when people have hurt us. He's calling us to forgive. He's not saying, I want you to just act like nothing happens mm -hmm. and to carry out your life and your relationship with that person. No big deal, right? Mm -hmm. He wants us to forgive that person so that we aren't bound to that, so that they aren't bound to that on their journey towards heaven, God willing. But he doesn't necessarily say we need to be best friends with him either after that point, mm -hmm. right? If we need to continue to work through that relationship, we can, but it's not forgetting. And so that's just a really important distinction that I want to make sure that everyone that's listening understands because it can be really hard when you try to convince somebody, okay, you need to forgive this person that's wronged you. Uh, they just kind of be like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't want to do that to myself. I don't want to set myself up for that pain again. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't. But to rid yourself of that is really important. 
<clears throat> so when I think about this scripture, another scripture that ties into it for me is from Mark. So this is Mark 12, 30 through 31. And something again last week, I just keep going back. You did such a great job, I think, in last mm. month's podcast. I say mm. last week, last month's podcast. You did so well of like setting things up and talking about we can't give something that we haven't already received mm -hmm. and know what that means and what that feels like for us, mm -hmm. right? And so in Mark 12, 30 through 31, Jesus picks apart these two important commandments. He identifies them as we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, spirit, strength, and we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about forgiveness, <clears throat> forgiveness is valuable for <clears throat> our neighbor. It helps us to love them. But in the second commandment here in Mark, one thing that's very clear, we have to love our neighbor as ourselves, which means we have to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. We cannot give forgiveness to someone that we are maybe unwilling to do for ourselves. And so if it seems very foreign to the idea that I want to forgive someone, it probably, in many cases, and those that I work with, is rooted out of this sense of guilt and shame deep within all of us that makes us unwilling to forgive ourselves. Mm. I let down my partner. I um, disobeyed my father. I did not fulfill this certain commitment, commitment and I am ashamed of myself. I feel very guilty and uh, I'm unwilling to forgive myself. And out of that deep pain comes an unwillingness to forgive others because if I'm not willing to forgive myself, how do I have the capacity to do that for somebody else? And so with that lens, I invite us to go back to Matthew and see this beautiful exchange between Jesus and the rock, Peter himself. So I bring some joy into this story when I talk about it with some of my clients. And I think, all right, so Peter's probably hanging out, talking with some of his, you know, his apostle brothers who today, um, you know, we recognize throughout the church are just great leaders, great gospel writers, great, you know, pillars of the faith for us. And so Peter is just like, they're all talking, trying to figure something out. And he goes, you know, I think I figured out a good solution. I'm going to go up and talk to, to Jesus real quick. We're going to be holy. We're going to forgive seven times, not just one. Mm. I got an idea, right? Mm. So he goes up to Peter. Hey, um, or he goes up to Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Um, so I was thinking, I was talking with the guys back there. You're <laughs> calling us to be like salt and light, to be better, right? So we already all struggle with forgiveness. What if we made like an expectation amongst all of us that we like forgive seven times? Mm -hmm. And I, I can just imagine Jesus smiling um, where he's kind of like, well done, my good and faithful mm -hmm. servant. I see you striving for holiness. Mm -hmm. I see you striving to try and extend what is the norm, right, in society. And then he responds to him saying, yeah, seven's probably pretty good, but I'm calling you to more. I'm calling mm -hmm. you to 77 times or infinite, right? Mm -hmm. Seven is this infinite number. I'm calling you to always mm -hmm. forgive. <clears throat> we got to thank Peter, uh, as fiery and passionate as he might have been, was maybe a little bit discouraged and was like, man, how do I do, how do I do that? That's mm -hmm. gonna require a lot. Seven was already gonna be a lot for me. Mm -hmm. But I think at this point in time, Jesus planted an invitation in Peter's heart that, was, that would carry with him for the rest of his life. Mm 
So when we fast forward the story, Peter talks about, you know, Lord, I will never deny you. Mm -hmm. Satan will never kill you. I will be here. Mm -hmm. I will defend you at all times. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, yeah, except for the fact that you will deny me three times. Mm -hmm. I know this. And Peter's like, no way, no way. It will never happen. And as we understand, Peter denied him three times. And in, in portrayals, we see there's at that point where he has denied the third time, the cock crows, he sits with this realization like, wow, I did. I denied, I let him down, I let myself down. And from that point, experiencing some, started to experience some guilt, some shame. Jesus is persecuted killed in the most egregious way right he's buried they know what's going to happen they've been told but still you gotta i'm kind of struggling to know if this is going to happen then he rises and then peter is probably getting a little worried right i let him down and he's held true to his word and then jesus comes back to him and says feed my lambs feed my sheep and he didn't chastise him he pushed him even higher up and further in into that role of being the rock of our faith Mm. right and so you have to imagine that even from that point in his grace and in his mercy throughout the rest of his life that he's received jesus he received these words he's received this love he's received this intentional formation he denied jesus and he let him down. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine myself as a, as a fallen human person that I would feel ga- guilt mm-hmm. and shame for the rest of my days. Given the magnitude of who that person was, given the professions that I said that I would do, and how to the significance that I said no, and it ultimately resulted in his death. Right? And so for, for Peter, when we think about love your neighbor as yourself, Peter probably struggled to love himself. Mm-hmm. And so when he, if we go back to that story, Peter comes up to Jesus seven times, right, Lord? No, Peter, for you, seven won't be enough. Mm-hmm. For you, you will have to forgive yourself for the rest of your days. But I'm giving you an invitation to do it. I'm not going to reprimand you. I'm not going to chastise you. I'm not going to punish you. It's an invitation because you can bind yourself to this pain and this guilt and this shame if you want. Or Mm -hmm. you can choose to follow me and know that I have already forgiven you and that I love you. Mm. Are you willing to forgive yourself every single day? Infinite amount of times because you just might need that. Mm -hmm. So... From that point, it helps us to see that even the people that we looked up to the most, that we look up to the most, St. Peter, the rock himself, needed to explore forgiving themselves. And we, as a result, need to feel that invitation to forgive ourselves as well. So that we, from loving ourselves, can truly, deeply give that fruit over to our brother or our sister. Um, but if we're not willing to do that, it's practically impossible. Mm. Wow. I love that so much. And the um, 
the, the reality, the reality of just that, it has to begin with us and with us being willing to um, forgive ourselves, to allow the Lord to forgive us. I was just recording a podcast with um, my um, friend, Father Sean Wilson. Yesterday, we do a podcast called Darting Through the Faith. And last uh, yesterday, we were recording on the Last Supper. And that was the big thing that was I took away with that too, this time around, praying with the Gospels and, and thinking about the Last Supper. And just the tremendous amount of grace that is necessary for those who were gathered at that table with him that evening to pick themselves up in the Lord's mercy and to keep following him and um, exactly that, forgiving them, allowing themselves to be forgiven, right? Mm. Because here they are, exactly the point you are making, sitting around this table, walking with him for all those years of his public ministry, walking right next to him. And of course, we have Judas who betrays him altogether Mm -hmm. and Judas who who even at some point shows contrition, right? Because Mm -hmm. he regrets what he's done. He goes to return the money to, to the Pharisees and yet, just we know how Judas's life ends, right? Yeah. Judas's life ends in this tragic of him him killing himself and not yeah. being able to to receive this forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. It's just just terrible. And even those sitting around and again mentioning Peter because he's he's easy one to pick on, right? Because mm-hmm. he is he's so adamant. Not I'm not going to deny you, not me, Lord. Maybe mm-hmm. this maybe this schlup sit next to me, but right. it's not going to be me, right? And mm-hmm. it is. And to think about the the grace, the abundant grace that has to be present there at at work in our hearts to truly allow ourselves to receive his mercy and to be forgiven, to recognize that, yes, we have failed. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we are weak. Yes, we've let him down. We've let ourselves down, right? But Mm -hmm. to be willing to receive that forgiveness in order to serve him. Mm. And, And like you said, infinitely that we have to do this. So thank you for starting us with that, that that's a huge reality that maybe we tend to gloss over, right? The problem is, no, if this person just wouldn't have done this to me, then I would be fine. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and maybe there's playing into, are you able to receive mercy yourself? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's why it's really important when I work with anyone. So um, we work with Catholics and non-Catholics, anyone who desires and needs healing. But specifically when I work with Catholics, um, I really strongly encourage participation in the sacraments and specifically in confession because you can access that grace. It actually gives you a supply of it in such a really beautiful way. And if we desire any positive changes in our life, it's only because of God's grace that Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And yet one thing that I end up also finding and trying to help people understand is that when we have this inability to maybe forgive ourselves or to forgive others, it prevents us from accessing that grace that can be so helpful for mm-hmm. us uh, in the next steps in the next phases. And so it's a two, it's like a twofold approach of like, I have to tap into the resource that is the grace. I have to have my prayer life. I have to spend my time with the Lord. I have to participate in his sacraments because these are life giving mm-hmm. and so important. And then I have to heal the things <clears throat> or seek healing for the things that might um, inhibit my ability to fully receive that grace and to access it. And then then it's really good because then once you get some healing, then you go back to those sacraments mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> you get more grace. And mm-hmm. it just continues to build on itself as we move higher up and further in to become perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect on this path um, towards holiness. Mm-hmm. One question I often get for people is uh, from people is, well, I don't know if I need to forgive myself. Isn't that something that the Lord is supposed to just do for me? And mm-hmm. that's not my role. Um, 
And it kind of <clears throat> draws out to me. Sorry, I don't know why I have something in my throat today. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of draws out for me something of um, like the unfor- unforgivable sin, right? It's the thing that we're not willing to bring and do um, and to seek help for. Um, and so if we're not going to bring that to confession, the thing that we're holding in, then we can't be absolved of that sin. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, like, yeah, the Lord has done his great work for you, but he's also given you free will to exercise how you want to claim dominion over yourself, right? How will you govern yourself? How will you govern your life? Will you pursue holiness? Will you do the things the Lord calls you to do, which aren't just external? So many things are internal. We can't just pray externally. We have to pray Internally, we have to have an internal disposition, right? And so, yes, the Lord forgives. And again, when we look at this story, he expects us to do the same, not just for others, but also ourselves. And so when, from that point, people are pretty excited. They're like, okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. But how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember us, I remember your, your podcast last month talking about the importance of practical tips because we can hear this call. We can hear this encouragement, but it's really tough uh, to know how to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, yep, I forgive that person, um, and that's it. I hope mm-hmm. that was good enough, yeah, right. right? And ultimately, it requires faith and trust that your forgiveness is good and that you feel sincere in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yet, one thing I have been able to do is find a formula that people have been able to use that's quite helpful, both for forgiving ourselves and when it comes to forgiving others mm. um so yeah so i'd like to kind of share that formula yeah. now if that's yeah. okay awesome <clears throat> so i'll kind of walk through this bit by bit and um i invite you first to listen and then i'll go through another time kind of continuously i'll leave the blanks out so you can kind of fill in the blanks as you feel called and then there's there's no great pre-recommendation requirement or anything. You don't have to be any particular place to do this. You can be anywhere you are at any given point in time to use this formula. So it starts as all good things do, seeking um, and calling out to our Lord. So in the name of Jesus, I forgive blank for blank. So I'll walk through that again. In the name of Jesus, And so this is not just me. This is me asking my Savior, the person that calls me to forgive, the person that has these expectations surely knows the remedy. So in the name of Jesus, I forgive blank. And so this blank is who is the person? Is it me? Is it my neighbor? Is it my father or my mother, my brother or my sister? Is it my child? And then we move on to four blank. And in the second blank, we identify the transgression, the thing that hurt us. Maybe it was not being patient with us. Maybe it was yelling at us. Maybe it was calling us a name. Maybe it was abusing us or hurting us. Maybe it was cutting us off in traffic. Maybe it was, um, maybe I um, disappointed somebody. Maybe I failed to uphold my end of the bargain or worse, maybe I hurt somebody. Maybe I stole. Maybe I abused. 
So I invite you now, because this is probably drawing up something for you as a listener. I will walk back through this formula again and invite you to fill in those blanks as your heart calls you to. In the name of Jesus, I forgive blank for blank. I invite you to repeat that as well as you go through. In the name of Jesus, I forgive blank for blank. Now it's hard to see what you might be experiencing. For some people, this can feel extremely freeing and life-giving. For some people, this is associated with great tears. I invite you to maybe pause the podcast if you need to take some time to allow your emotions to settle. But I will say that this formula can be used daily, hourly, minute by minute. And if there is a list of people that you find that you might need to forgive, is to take time to go through this slowly and intentionally. I'd like to share a story about how this formula has been freeing for those that I've been able to work with. I was blessed with an opportunity of working um, with someone who had experienced an abortion. They um, were early in their lives and earlier in their faith journey, and um, they trusted a lot in the medical community and the truths that were coming from the medical community regarding your freedom and what that might mean. Years later, they found that they were still bound to great grief and sorrow, shame, as they were ashamed of themselves and feeling very guilty for what they did. Having grown in their faith, they understood that they took the life of another human person for what? For a lie. For a lie that never came to fruition. As I started to meet with this person, we walked through ways to help them manage their emotional state to improve their thoughts and focus, which is very typical to what I do in therapy. And yet, when it finally came time in therapy to talk about that event, it was met with roadblocks. It was tough. Even identifying the name of the organization, identifying the name of the helpers, and identifying the name of the doctor was not just something that was hard to do, was something that was met with great resistance. This was a passionate Catholic person who understood what God was telling us in Matthew about the necessity to forgive. They understood the differences between forgiving and forgetting. And yet when we got to this point in their therapy, it was tough. So we took some time and I shared with them this formula. And I had them start with themselves to forgive their self for letting down their children, for maybe, you know, those times where we might get angry and uh, we might say something we don't mean, um, but we do, and to forgive ourselves for, for not fulfilling our tasks uh, to be salt and light for the earth. And then to forgive some of those around them. Maybe it was their children in this particular day or 
a significant other, family members. And the impact of just that experience alone was profound. There was already a a weight lifted off of their shoulders, a great joy and peace that existed within their hearts, and more of a willingness to forgive others. Ah, I can do this, and it feels great. I can only imagine what it would be like to share this gift with others as well. And yet we continue to run into the resistance. But by the grace of God, one day, as we were telling this story, this person was able to name the place, the help persons, and the doctors, people that they had pushed well out of their mind because they wanted to ignore this. They wanted to avoid it, although they knew that it was the source of so much pain for them. And when they simply named these people and came to terms with that, um, they got really angry. Mm there is this need to protect yourself in the real moments. And this is why forgiveness is so important because in our mind, our mind doesn't know the difference and our hearts and the feelings that we have don't know the difference between what's happening now where my feet are versus what's going on in the story that I'm experiencing in my mind. And so she started to get really angry. But I was with her and we worked through some of the skills that we had you know, already been practicing. She was able to calm so then at this point, seeing as how there was so much anger and so much resentment, we understood that this is exactly the place that we needed to forgive. Not to forget. Mm-hmm. We're not okay with the abortion that happens. We're not okay with the loss of life that happens. But we see the profound impact that it was having on, on her. And so I walked her slowly through this formula. In the name of Jesus, I forgive Blank for blank. I forgive myself for having an abortion. I forgive my significant other who encouraged it. I forgive the help person who held my hand and showed in their face that they knew this was wrong but was unwilling to do anything about it. I forgive the doctor who killed my child. Emotions came, true tears, but these tears were not out of anger. These tears were of abandoning thyself and becoming dependent on the justice and mercy of our Lord. He is our help and our guide. He's got our backs. He calls us to do something that's hard, which means he will be there to do the hard work for us. It's not up to us to punish and chastise those who have hurt us. We trust in our Lord who defends us and protects us. It's up to us to walk his path and to experience the fruits of his peace, joy, patience, steadfastness, faithfulness, the fruits of the Spirit. So I invite you today to use this formula. If, you've, if this drew up any type of emotion for you, and if you need help, Call upon a friend who is a deeply prayerful person to just be there with you, to intercede for you. And if you need professional help, you can always reach out to us. You can always look for a Catholic counselor. You can always look for a priest who's willing to sit in the brink with you. Because in the eyes of society, this doesn't make sense. You should be angry. But in the eyes of the Lord, you aren't meant for this world. You are meant for peace 
for heaven. You know, I want to encourage what you encouraged a while before. Um, if, if this is a time to pause and sit in prayer and silence and to take this to the Lord, please do. Please do that. Um, I caught myself wanting to do that there and then was reminded that people will think what happened to them. So um, we are still here. Um, so yeah, so pause and pray. Wonder about possible next steps. Um, don't hesitate to reach out yeah to Alex to those he's working with um, to reach out to me if you need guidance or want a listening ear or you want me to help you point into the direction of somebody that can sit down with you and listen um, but like like you so beautifully mentioned we are made for more we are made for more and the Lord is always drawing us as you said upward and inward right I love that that is the reality of what's happening in the lives of our souls and the lives of our prayer and um, as you mentioned with the scripture and with the, you know, Peter thinking he's got something here seven times, Lord, like we're really going for the gusto here, right? <laughs> this is something, not, or not once, but seven times. Right. And Jesus says, not mm-hmm. seven, right? Mm-hmm. 77, seven times seven mm-hmm. more. We are made for more. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the Lord who invites us to this life certainly knows the challenges, certainly knows how difficult it will be, and therefore we depend more and more on him. Paul tells us in scripture, you know, I beg the Lord to take this take this from me, take mm. this from me. And the Lord shows up and says, my grace is sufficient for mm. you, right? Maybe. Power is made perfect in weakness. And so we embrace the reality that we cannot do this on our own. This is impossible on our own. This is impossible by the world's definition. And it is only in, by, with, and through God's grace, that this is possible. And so mm-hmm. I will echo to what you said. Uh, the foundation of all of this is our life, our sacramental life in the church, uniting ourselves with Christ in the church, knowing that we are receiving graces when we receive him in his, in his body and blood in the Eucharist, when we go to mm-hmm. confession and sacramentally mm-hmm. receive his mercy. Um, and yeah, so, so really this should be the foundational point of where we're at and then this is all more and more to draw us upward and inward as we continue our walks with him okay thank you for that um is there anything else was that anything else that you wanted to to touch on i mean you hit on so much because i could go back and listen and you are touching not only on the practical in this this formula right for forgiveness which by the way like we think about that like forgiveness there's a formula for it yeah just give Mm -hmm. me that right Mm because that sounds awesome Mm -hmm. um but you touched on the reality of like our psyches and what's happening in the lives of our minds, right? And mm-hmm. and so, so much we can go back and we can think on that. But were there any other like final like words of wisdom or words of encouragement or anything that you want to give people from from this psychological perspective? Yeah, you kind of hit on it, you know, in your reflection there. Um, that's the invitation that I I really wanted to share today was how to do this well and to and to try it and so it might feel weird it might feel inauthentic at first um but something that's so important is it's about our faith um the emotions typically come second it's it requires us to put ourselves in the near occasion of success constantly by praying by doing the things um, by going to confession by trying a formula like this 
our emotions will come second. Our emotions sometimes take time to catch up to understand what's happening, but our actions can speak volumes. And so maybe this didn't, this didn't feel perfect. Like this doesn't feel like the exact formula and maybe you can tweak it on your own. That's okay. I've just found it to be extremely helpful with people. And so just invite you to take time to try it and also to have the right orientation to, to use this. Um, I have seen people use the formula. Okay, fine. I'll just, in the name of Jesus, say forgive yada, yada, yada for yada, yada, yada. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. There it's done. Mm Mm-hmm. But was that a true, authentic forgiveness? Mm-hmm. Maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. And only you know that in your heart, and I can't be the judge. Um, but you and the Lord know that. And so to take that time, that prayerful time to examine who has hurt me, to well up the emotions associated, because that kind of tells you that, yep, you're ready to release this burden from mm-hmm. your heart. And if you feel like you've already, again, if you feel like you've already forgiven them once for this, but it it comes back up to you again in your heart or in your mind, just just do it again. Mm-hmm. Just keep effort. Keep keep the forgiveness rolling. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the pain will start to subside. And as was the case with this person um, who started to experience just really great healing and became a significantly different version of herself, herself um, through active forgiveness, I encourage you to do the same because as you said, Julia, this can be tough, um, but with God's grace, all things are possible. Amen. Um, There was an archived episode, which I recorded back in July of 2019, early one, episode 17. I think we're on like 48 today, perhaps. So back on episode 17 is uh, one called Forgiving Without Limits. And so if you want more on this topic, you can always go back and re-listen to that. And in that, if I'm recalling um, right, you know, I talked a lot about how you know, the wounds might always remain, but it doesn't mean they always have to hurt. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're you're touching on here. And mm-hmm. to think about, um, yeah, even our resurrected Lord and how the apostles at that time are like, like Thomas is putting his hand in his wounds, right? The wounds of the Lord were always there, but it didn't mean that they were crucifying him in the same painful way that they were when he was hanging on the cross. Mm-hmm. And so to think about that, like mm-hmm. these, these past hurts um, in a way might always remain with us, mm-hmm. but the Lord um, in his mercy, can free us from that, can free this burden. And I love how you mentioned that even at the very beginning. It's not only the reality of our own hearts being free of this burden, but we free the hearts of our brothers and sisters that they too might move on and continue their walks with Christ, right? We're not holding each other back. And so there's such beauty in that. So again, that was episode 17 called Forgiving Without Limits. And And it's funny too, because I mentioned in that episode, this reality that again, you pointed out in the beginning, what is this difference between forgiving and forgetting because the journal reflection that I was reflecting on in that episode, you know, that was my prayer. I not only want to forgive, I want to forget. And it was like this high ideal. And even me realizing that years later of, you know what, that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not the reality of what's going to happen here. Um, and, and me coming to terms with that in 2019, that, you know, hey, when I penned those words four years ago or five years ago, there was much more growth that needed to come from mm-hmm. that. So, um, so yeah, go back, go back and re-listen to that. I also, um, earlier this month, read a reflection um, from, and I'm going to butcher his name because it's French, um, St. Claude La Colombière. I don't know, a French Jesuit priest and who was the spiritual director of St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, which is where we get the devotion of um, Sacred Heart, Mm. I believe. 
I think that's who that came through. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so he writes, um, Mm. talking about these feelings of resentment and when like sin enters the picture, because this is, can be something we obsess with, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't forgive this person from my heart. And every time I'm around them, all these emotions stir up again. And I'm such a sinful person. I want to forgive. And yet I, every time they enter the room and I think I forgive, but ah, then it all comes back. So Mm. anyway, this is the directive that, um, he, he writes as for feelings of resentment, I can only say one thing. Anything which is not voluntary is not sin. And great charity may exist simultaneously with strong, indeliberate feelings of hatred and revenge. All that is required is that in spite of them, you do not give up praying for the people for whom you feel an aversion, that you speak and act toward them as if you liked them, and that in the depths of your heart, you desire to have all the charity that God wishes those who really love him to have. Hmm. So again, this reality, which we touched on last month, or I touched on last month, that, um, you know, your feelings aren't always in your control. Your, your emotions aren't always something you have power of. Um, what you do is your will. Are you mm. willing the good of your neighbor? Are, are you willing them? Are you praying for them even if it's hurting type of a thing? Mm. Um, and if so, then you haven't into, entered into like a state of sinfulness, mm. right? Um, sinfulness is, you know what? I'm averted to you and I'm going to continue to be averted for you and I'm going to hate you and wish evil upon you, you know, mm-hmm. type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um so to be reminded of that because that can be an agony that that you know i want to forgive them i believe everything you're saying i want i want to release this burden for myself from them and yet these feelings are still there yeah Yeah. absolutely as you have that reflection um so in in therapy we often are focusing more on that like I can't change someone else. I can only change me. And we could talk about all the different things around the world that might cause anxiety or depression or something within us. And yet it's our response to that. That's super important. And yet, and then again, in this reflection from this saint from France, um, Mm. he, he talked about, yeah, like striving to, um, you know, love and, and care for and, and will the good of the other person and thinking about, how sometimes that's even a little bit easier than loving ourselves. And so often can be, yeah, just like a, a, a trip up for so many people that come to therapy. When I ask them, uh, what do you like about yourself? And they can tell me all the things they don't like about themselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes some people are like, ah, oh, you know, I don't like, I don't really want to talk about things I like about myself because I want to be humble. Sure. Well, Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I come at it from a different way. Mm-hmm. What does the Lord love about you then, mm-hmm. right? From mm-hmm. his eyes. Mm-hmm. What is, what's he so, what's he so pumped up about that he came into our lives and died for you? Like what, mm-hmm. what does he love about you? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if you as a listener don't know how to answer that question, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. But maybe take some time to think about how, how I might love myself. Mm-hmm. What do I like about myself? What does the Lord love about me? Yeah. What do others around me maybe love about me? What what why am I valuable to the world? And and what you'll end up finding is that yeah, if that's hard to do and you don't like all these different things about yourself, those may be th- ways for you to become holier and more perfect, sure. Um, but also it's just an overwhelming negative sentiment that you have towards yourself. And again, that's just 
the misguided uh, thought processes that Satan exactly wants us to be sitting in. These are all the reasons that we're bad. This is all the reasons that I'm a sinner and I'm mm-hmm. never going to be worth all the things that the Lord has done for me. And that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely not true. Does he want us to be complacent? No, the Lord wants us to be like to invest our talents and, and, and to get more out of that to so those who have more will be given. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, he also loves us exactly where we are mm-hmm. and, and wants us to know that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if, if we want to love others, if we really want to uphold that second commandment that the Lord calls us to that Jesus calls us to love um, our neighbor as ourselves. We really have to start with uh, loving ourselves. It's so important. Yeah, I, I can remember like early in my life of prayer spending, oh, it was at least a year, maybe even closer to two years with like one question, one thing in my prayer, one thing I was asking the Lord every day, day in and day out. Lord, show me what you see when you mm. look at me because of this reality of, of overcoming all of the, you know, forgiving myself and moving on and allowing myself to feel worthy again and loved and realizing I saw myself in such a negative light, right? Mm. So like, honestly, I'm not making, not exaggerating at least a year, maybe more of just me asking for that, that grace of Lord, show me what you see when you look at me. Cause mm. I, you know, recognize I'm not seeing myself the way you see me, not loving myself the way you love me. Um, and so that, that was, that's powerful. And, and to keep going to, to prayer with that again, like you yeah. said, with the with the uh, the formula and the forgiveness, you know, returning to that as often as we need, and returning to that prayer every time those thoughts start to run, and you're saying, "Oop, here goes I go on the negative train of what a terrible person I am." Yeah. To turn that to prayer, Lord, mm. show me what you see when you look mm. at me. What do you see when you look at me? Um, and that can help um, reset that in our in our lives of and in our souls as well. Wow. Okay. So here's what I was thinking as we were talking, um, sure. because you've been willing to to be with us today, and you've you've said, you know, perhaps even in the future as well, that it might be something that that you'd be willing to 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 share with us your insight. So if you're yeah. listening to this, and you have more questions for Alex or more topics um, that you know difficult things to work through, that maybe he and I can discuss on on the podcast at some point please don't hesitate to reach out to me to to shoot me an email to reach out to me online whatever that might be easy for you and to just give me your thoughts give me your feedback and if i collect enough or we get topics that keep coming up for many of our listeners i absolutely i if you're open to it i'm open to sitting down with you again to discuss them and to have discussions about it so please don't hesitate to reach out um, okay. And then I have like one general question for you. Sure. Just like a Q and a, okay. Yeah. Um, not necessarily related to this topic of forgiveness, but more of a general thing. Mm-hmm. So how do we help our loved ones who perhaps we notice are showing signs of anxiety or depression, um, but who are totally resistant to having discussions about it or, um, perhaps even, yeah, like the idea of professional help, forget that, right, altogether, yeah. just very closed off to that. How, what what can we do as loved ones who are watching our loved ones suffer with psychological or emotional type of things where our hands seem tied in that? Yeah, so this is a question I get uh, a lot. Um, so many well-intentioned parents, spouses, what have you, are looking to better support um, somebody in their family who they just see is stuck in a pattern of sadness, anxiety, despair, addiction, Mm -hmm. even, right? And how do I assist them in that? Um, One of the first places, because if you know that you're going to bring this up and it's not going, if you're going to talk about it, it's not going to be 
changing for their hearts. We might need to show them something, right? So when we think about how as caregivers, as support persons, as spouses, as parents, when our child or significant other is struggling, it can have a toll on us as people who care about them. And so one of my first invitations is if you're feeling a call for them to participate in therapy, there's a chance that it might be a call for you to participate in therapy. Therapy is not something that people come to because they're just broken, right? Mm -hmm. Therapy can be quite valuable for helping people to just experience more from life, to feel better, right? And so if you're at your wit's end with trying to support somebody who is struggling to even support themselves, you're at your wit's end, Mm -hmm. right? And so if you find a a good therapist that you can go to who can help you to take better care of yourself, to take an objective look at your life, maybe you're so preoccupied on trying to strive to take care of the others around you that you're forgetting to take care of yourself. And as a result, your body is breaking down, which is creating more stress and anxiety in yourself and and, and, the, and goes, goes on and on and on, right? So I would invite you to start there, which is really indicative of like our faith journey, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to evangelize this mm-hmm. person because they, they need Jesus in their mm-hmm. lives, right? They need to change. They need to grow in holiness. They need to pursue heaven. And if we try to come at them with scripture and all the reasons why they need to, what will end up happening is they'll probably just be turned off to it, right? But when we're on a, when we're on authentic witness, um, being true salt and light to the world around us, uh, that is, um, it's mesmerizing. It's intoxicating. It's inviting. People love that type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they they want to they want to get close to the fire. They want to stand close to it and be mm-hmm. warmed up, right? And so the same holds true if you're experiencing inner peace, if you're experiencing the fruits of the spirit, if you feel a desire to grow in those, um, as as Saint Paul has outlined, peace, joy, patience, um, goodness, self control, faithfulness, steadfastness, right? If you desire to grow in these and you're struggling with them. Um, then therapy can be valuable for you. Or maybe you don't know that you are and you're just so overextended is to get yourself in there. Get somebody that's going to be there to support you as a counselor because each unique each position is so unique and so different. Mm-hmm. What your spouse may be struggling with is so unique and so different. And allow them to equip you with tools, skill sets, things that allow you to grow in those experiences of the fruits. And then when you're experiencing those fruits, people can't help but to want to eat from that same fruit, mm. right? They want to come to you and they're like, wow, that's so cool that you have peace in your heart right now. And I see that because nobody else out here has got that peace and right. I want some of that. Right. And so then that is like kind of a, it's like a, a different type of approach to helping our, our loved ones carry through. And ultimately, as, as is the case with the Lord, it's going to be their free will choice, mm-hmm. right? And, and so we can't force somebody to do same, something in the same way that the Lord's not going to force us um, to do something because he's willing to risk it uh, for us to actually authentically love him. And so if you can authentically love somebody day in, day out, as so many saints have when they wanted to change their spouse or they wanted to change their children, they just continue to draw uh, closer to Jesus. They continue to work to purify themselves um, become as holy as they possibly could, and then to experience something like therapy themselves that they could actually speak into. Not this would be valuable for you, but this was valuable for me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. 
I love that. That circles us right back to the beginning, doesn't it? Where you opened us with scripture and the greatest commandment and to love God with all your mind and all your heart and to all, all your strength. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as you love yourself, as we love ourselves, it just circles back to that reality. Okay. And, um, too, you know, on a, on a spiritual perspective, um, you know, I encourage you as well, if you're not doing this already to obviously be praying for whoever this person is. Um, perhaps you can have mass said for this person, right? Um, yeah. So like intentionally be doing that in your spiritual life, in your spiritual lives as well. And, encourage that. I had someone approach me too about, it wasn't about therapy, but how do I get my husband back to confession type of a thing? Same thing, mm-hmm. right? We can't interfere with somebody's free will. Mm-hmm. God doesn't interfere um, with yourself. When's the last time you've been yourself, right? Yeah. But then also, I don't know, have you ever had mass said for him? Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a working of of our, our Lord and the grace of God, like to change a heart. It is always a working to change yeah. a heart, right? <laughs> Nothing we can do mm-hmm. on our own. So mm-hmm. consider that as well. I have one other thing that's coming up in my mind that's being invited right now is um, something I run into with the same type of thing as those those thorns in the eyes, you know, thorns of the other person. It's so easy to see and they become very huge because that's what you become transfixed on and so focused on. Um, Something, again, we've already talked about today how common it is for us to not love ourselves. Yeah. And... So I can pretty much guarantee that if that person that you're wanting to get to therapy is experiencing depression or anxiety, uh, they probably are struggling to love themselves too, right? And so then that invitation can come from you to say, you know what? I love you for this. Mm. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking out the trash. Thank you for doing your homework. Thank you for uh, making a meal today. Um, Showing them all the ways that they are good. Not mm. just that they are bad. Mm-hmm. You can actually be that uh, through your through uh, that witness of salt and light. You can be the invitation for them. When I work with couples, that's the bread and butter of our work. I can be a good therapist for them. I only see the person an hour a week. Sure. You as a spouse, you as a parent, get to be with that child or your significant other significantly more times. Mm. And so rooting yourself in prayer praying for them, maybe going to therapy if you need to get some extra skills or things or just switch this focus. And then not to just see your spouse as a problem, right? But to see them and reflect to them just how beautiful they are might be the invitation that they need to to come out from Mm. the darkness and walk into the light. Mm -hmm. Encourage one another. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. What a wow, what a what a blessing. I seriously, so much to think, to ponder, to pray, to um again continue our, our growth upward and inward. Amen. I love that. Amen. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, if you wouldn't mind closing us with prayer, that would be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Enkindle within us a fire of your love. Lord, send forth your Spirit, and we shall be recreated, and you will renew the face of the earth. O God, who instructs the hearts of your faithful by the light of your Holy Spirit, make us responsive to his inspirations so that we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.